Hey friends, Mark here. I'm just jumping in quickly to let you know that our episode order is switched around this week. For those who've been following along with our Who Are We sermon series and heard Pastor Gail's fantastic message about discipleship this past Sunday, you'll have to wait until next week's episode to hear her conversation with Pastor Steve. In this week's episode, we'll instead hear from Amanda Harley, who leads communal life at Buffalo Vineyard Church, and sat down for a conversation with Steve about our value for inclusive community. We're a small team trying to do a lot of things, so I appreciate your flexibility. And as always, thanks for listening. As God's people, like we need to look out for the outsider. And if we are the outsider, you know, inviting people into our own lives. Yeah. Welcome to 242, a podcast of the Buffalo Vineyard Church, where we discuss topics that matter to our lives as followers of King Jesus. This is season two. We're talking about the values of the Buffalo Vineyard Church, answering the question, who are we? This is episode six. I'm talking with Amanda Harley about our value for inclusive community, our value for uh, including people in the life of our church from all different walks of life. So Amanda and I had a really great conversation. I think she has just a natural inherent value for inclusive community, and that comes out when we talk about some passages of scripture that uh, just display that value for inclusive community that is in the heart of God, talk about practical ways of engaging and some of the effects on our church if we actually do live out our value for inclusive community. I hope you enjoy. It's okay. All right, we're on. <laughs> we start every podcast laughing. That's good. That we're That's doing good, a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Good All nature. Right. So I'm with uh, Amanda. <laughs> Your husband's probably going to cut all that out anyway. Yep. <laughs> Mark, don't cut it out. Let the people hear it. Let so, the people talk. Oh. I'm here with Amanda and we're talking about uh, our, the church's value for inclusive community. So where do you want to start, Amanda? Great. Thank you, Steve, for having me on. Um, I Well, okay. So first, I definitely want to start with, you know, what exactly is inclusive community? Why do we value it at Buffalo Vineyard Church? Um, and so naturally, I just want to go to the definition, if that's okay. Um, so inclusive community, you know, in short, of course, is welcoming our neighbors into our lives. Um, but more so in you know, diving deeper into that, it's not just welcoming them. Um, as a church, we want to commit to including people from all backgrounds, um, which is of course difficult, but it is essential to life with Christ. So the early church was committed to working through the difficulties of multicultural community. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we too are are committed to being in relationship with people who are different than ourselves. And, you know, the church must be a community and it must be a, a, grounds, right? With Jesus at the center. If Jesus isn't at the center, you know, what are, what are we doing as Christians? So if we're not joined together by culture, politics, musical taste, uh, or religious upbringing, um, but rather connection to Christ. So, uh, all are welcome as we gather and worship and learn, pray and serve. Uh, we share meals and, you know, our lives together. So, um, yeah, that's, I guess, the definition of inclusive community and um, just is a lot to chew on. So I'm excited to have a conversation around it and um, yeah, something that's really close to my heart. Okay. So why don't we start with that? You said that inclusive community is really close to your heart. Is that like, why? Is there a story there? Is there, you know, I don't know. Why? Yeah, I think, well, one thing what, you know, what kind of naturally brought me into the church was, 
um, not feeling a part of a group, right? Mm. Like in, um, I came into being, or I, I came into the faith when I was in middle school. Um, my, I guess earlier than that in elementary school and preschool age, I went to a Baptist preschool, but my dad and my dad's side of the family was Catholic. So we automatically had this, this Baptist versus Catholic upbringing. Like, yes, we were both Christians and yes, we both believed in Christ, but we went about our faiths differently. Okay. Um, and so there was naturally this tension, right? And then in middle school, my parents ended up separating and I just didn't know where to go, yeah. right? Like I had, I, I cheered my whole life, which probably is not a surprise to many people, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I had like my cheerleader friends, I had my sports friends, I had my neighborhood friends, but I couldn't find a spot that was saying, yeah, I can identify. Mm. And so one of my friends particular in particular said, you know who I think you should be with? You should be with my youth group. Like, mm. come to church with me. Let's let's hang out. There are people there that are funny, that are smart, that are weird, that yeah. are outgoing, that are um, not like anybody. Like, just, just come to church. We're going to have fun. We hang out on Friday nights. <laughs> So I went and I was like, this is the coolest place I've ever been because it makes no sense. Like, why are people together? Why? I wouldn't ever hang out with with Joey, right? Like Joey's like- Who was Joey? Joey's like the weird kid on the corner, you know? But like he's at church and his parents are really cool now that I'm in church getting to know him and his family, right? So I think that there's something so important about inclusive community because Mm. we've all been there. We've all felt like- well, I don't, I don't know. I can only speak for myself, but there are so many times in my life where I felt not a part of a clique or not a part of a group, but like we can all identify as Christians or like yeah. yearning for something more and yearning for something greater than ourselves that is so powerful. Yeah. Um, and that's Christ. And like, we get to be in community together and we have no, we have no sense being with the Joey's on the corner that are weird, right? right? But yet we're tied so much more passionately by something so much more intense. No, that's that's an yeah. amazing story. So, right. I think what I appreciate about that is like flipping the whole thing on its head. So we have this value for inclusive community that is like, that's the way we uniquely talk about it as a church. But this is a, a value for the whole church, right? This is like as we were talking about and, and thinking about our, our conversation today, front to back, the pages of scripture are filled with this value for inclusive community. But your story actually flips it on its head and it's like, okay, let me tell you about my experience of non-inclusive non-community and Correct. how painful yeah. that was and mm-hmm. how, you know, and, and really like your painful experience was because you were being invited into non-inclusive communities and didn't feel a part of that. And maybe, you know, maybe some of those communities, whether it's like cheerleading or whatever, it's like, well, I can kind of put on a face and I know how to like pretend that I'm a part of this community, but I don't feel that sense of connection because it's, it like the community is not based on something other than like, you're a, you're kind of like this outside shell of who you, you pretend to be. And that's not how community works. Not that's not how real community works. Right, exactly. But in in my head as an adolescent, I was like, well, that is community. Like community is hanging out with the cheerleading team all the time or hanging out, you know, no 
no dissing to all my cheerleader friends, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like it, that's not community, like mm. Christ's community and like coming together with, with something so much deeper than ourselves is so much more communal. It's so much more inclusive, right? Where, you know, not to like, it, it, it makes so much more of a deeper connection, mm-hmm. even though we just don't have any business being together. So I'm going to ask you a question that you might not be prepared to answer. I didn't walk into it thinking I would even going to ask this, but so there's this value for inclusive community that we're going to spend the next, whatever, 45 minutes talking about, but maybe we should step back and just say, what is community? I mean, your story kind of gets at that, right? Like when we even just use the word community, what do we mean when we talk about healthy versus unhealthy community? What are we talking about? I don't know. How would you speak to that? Yeah, I, I think Mm, gut reaction would say <laughs> community is just a group of people living together or living, going through life together, okay. I guess would be the best way to say it. So like living life together, whether that be, yeah, doing a sport together, like your sports team or your English class or your work, you know, going to work, that's a community that you're a part of. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all groups of people are all hobbies that you do or all things that you engage in in life and the people that you surround yourself with are healthy all the time. And so, you can't, I was like, you can't control that. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Would you, so I would assume I have been a part of groups that I wouldn't describe as communities, right? So whether it's a sports team or whatever, I've been a part of, a part of sports teams that are communities. I've been a part of sports teams that aren't. I've been a part of clubs that were community or where I had that experience of community and clubs or groups where I didn't. So I don't know what the difference is. Like what makes, you know, so when you're like, again, within the context of cheer, you played sports too, didn't you? I mean, I did one year of softball. Oh, okay. So and it was I cheer. was really awful at it. Com- so I'm just going to say I were cheered. You, were you a competitive? Like, did you go to like competitions <gasps> and stuff or? Yeah, for cheering? Uh-huh. Yes. You did? Yeah. What was so that? I feel like, so when you say you've been a part of like teams and stuff, I'm like, but that was like, it's like my life, you know? Yeah. So I, I can't relate to people who are like, oh, I just played a season of like, it's like, I felt like c- communities were like doing right. everything together, so right? I would ask you this question yeah. just to get at this. So I, I don't know if you were a part of like the same cheer team the whole time, or if you were, it's like. Well, I was a part of this one cheer team for like two months, but we didn't really make any, or I was a part of this cheer. Let me, I'll just share what I'm, what I'm getting at. Like I've been a part of groups where, you know, whether it's a work team or a sports team or whatever, where it's like, we get together, we do the thing. We might even do the thing well, but like, I don't like, there's no like, Hey, are you okay? Or, um, you know, Oh, you're married. Oh, that's a picture of your kids. Or, you know, like even just at a superficial level, it's not about any of that. It's just like we're on a sports team together. We're getting the thing done or we're, we work mm. together and we're colleagues and we're cordial and we're, it's not like we're rude or anything, but it's like, there isn't really any kind of like, you see me, I see you. We value each other as people. It's just more like you're the goalie. Stop the ball from getting in the net. That's your job. Thanks yep. for doing it. So I don't like, that's more what I'm getting at where for me, that seems like the essence of what would make some of those other groups more like a community? I don't know. What do you ask? Speak to that. What do you think? Yeah, that's something to chew on. I don't know. <laughs> I I would say, I guess maybe it's personality too. Is like, I, I am an eternal optimist. Like I just see everything I'm a part of is like, oh, we're a lovely group. Like let's mm-hmm. all, you know, talk about our lives. And I'm also very open book, I feel. Yeah. So you know, as soon as I get to know someone, one of my favorite questions to ask, which I don't think is 
my husband's favorite question that I ask is like, tell me about yourself. He's like, stop interviewing that stranger. And, but I want to know like, what's at their heart? Like, yeah. tell me about yourself. What do you like to do? You Have know? you always and, been that way? Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah, unfortunately. So it's so, like, so to me, I'm like, well, the people yeah. I get to know, the people I surround myself with, not somebody I just, you know, pass by at Wegmans, but right. people that I am seeing more than once or twice that mm. I know that there's a longevity coming, whether that be a sport team or a, a work project or, you know, I want to know who I'm mm. working with. I want to know about them. And so, yeah, so that's a really interesting topic of like, yeah, like what exactly is community? So this is what I would say. This is an observation I would make about you, um, which this doesn't surprise me, but I'm learning something about you too, right? Um, So you being that kind of a person naturally over the course of your whole life, another way of saying that you just are interested in people is saying that God has uniquely wired you to build community everywhere you go. Mm. And that's part of the reason why you have experienced community throughout. You know, again, you're part of a cheer team and like you turned it into a community because of the way that you interact with people. Um, And I I do think, I don't don't know if this is like a working definition that I literally just came up with 10 minutes ago when we started this conversation, but I do think like the way that I would want to define community is in that kind of like seeing and being seen, like valuing people as people. As a matter of fact, like the... I came across the word fungible. I really like that word. It's a fun, fun word. Fungible. It's both it's a fun, fun word and and it means something really interesting. Sure. You, you, like where 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 I've usually heard it t- talked about is within the realm of currency. So like dollars are fungible, which basically what the word means is you can take a thing and you can replace it with a different thing that has the same exact like there's no difference between individual dollar bills. Like if I took one of the dollars out of your wallet and replaced it with a different dollar bill, you don't care. Right. Because they're fungible. They're replaceable, right? Well, human beings are not fungible at all. Not at all. (laughs) Right? They're the opposite of that. So like, I can't replace you with somebody else named Amanda with dark hair and just carry on with the same conversation because it's still, you know, it's Amanda. No, like there's you and you're the only one and I can't replace you with anybody else and have it be the same. It's just not, that's not how it works, right? So it's the opposite end of that spectrum of fungibility. Um, Ooh, fungibility. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that is a fun word. Yeah. yeah. But, but it I is. That's like, interesting. Right. Yeah. And to me, that seems like, I don't know, I'm just trying it out. Um, but it seems like that's at the the heart of what it means to be community with each other. But I also would say, again, you seem to be the kind of person who probably just naturally intuitively have that valuing for people. It's like, oh, like they're fascinating. Have you ever met one? You should try, you know, like Mark, come ask this person who they are. Yeah, it's I, fun. I do that and it is awkward, <laughs> but I still do it. Or I'm like, you know what? You should meet this person. And then I bring someone else in and they're like, I mean, it's fast. I don't want to meet that person. And I'm like, you guys should be friends. Like, let's all hang yeah. out. You know, like I just feel like, yeah, people are so weird. We're so weird. So talk more about your internal motivation in that. Why, why, why do you see people the way you do? Like, why are they so interesting and valuable to you? Why are you so interested in people and getting to know them? Yeah, people are, they're so different. They're so different than me, right? Like they're so different than me. They're so different from each other. And I, I just think that perspective is so valuable. And not that I will say, oh, well, so-and-so's perspective is different than mine. I want to learn all about it, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I'm stubborn and I just say, 
that's your perspective, but that's not going to fly with me. Right. But at the same time, like somebody's experience in something can be so powerful. Mm. Like whether that is a suffering experience where like I've suffered the same way, maybe it's like a death of a family member or it's a medical diagnosis or something Mm. like that. Like we have no business being friends, but we believe in Christ and we believe in his power. And we also have this thing that we have in common too, you know, like this humanness of like, Yeah. yeah, you suffered that death similar to mine. We, again, don't have the same experience. We don't have that same relationship, but we still can sit together where, you know, and I feel, and also I kind of like keeping people on their toes. So <laughs> this is a little bit different than that, but I, uh, Steve, when we were prepping for this, we were just talking about, you know, like why, yeah, like why inclusive community? Why is this so important? And I just like, I love that our church is so, we're so weird. Like, like sitting together, when you walk into the church and you see somebody sitting next to somebody, you're like, those two, they know each other. Like, and then they know deep things about them, each other from whether it be a small group conversation or maybe they got coffee or whatever. Like we all have Christ at the center of our hearts and the center of our desires to get to know better. And all we're trying to do is like walk that path. And I think that that's just so inspirational. And it's something that like I need help with, right? Like it's my relationship with Christ. But when I look at, you know, Liz Edistat's relationship with Christ, or when I look at Cheryl's relationship with Christ, or I look at, you know, other people, it's like, wow, I want to know more about that relationship so I can grow in my relationship with Christ too. So I think that, I don't know, that's a lot of answering and a lot of words to answer your question, but you know what? why do I value it? I, there's just so much to point at right. so many things that I, I don't know that I want to know and want to get better at. And no, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We could spend a lot of time just talking about that, but in many ways, I think that gets at, so we kind of just spent some time just talking about community, but even in that it like, it blends towards inclusive community. But I think inclusive community, as you pointed out, is a community where you know, it's not just valuing human beings as human beings, but like, you know, we kind of like, there's, there's our group and then there's the outsiders. It's like inclusive community is a community that actually is being really intentional about rejecting that idea of there being outsiders, right? That like, this is a community where, you know, regardless, I can't remember exactly all the different, different terms that you read in the, in the definition, but it's like, you know, what are the things that culture says divides us? What is the, what are the things that our society says are reasons why we shouldn't hang out? And in our society, that's going to be things like race and politics and class in Jesus society. That list would have been slightly different, but same idea. It's like, absolutely. you know, you and I aren't supposed to hang out because of X. And it's like, well, if we have a value for inclusive community, that X becomes a reason why we should hang out instead of a reason why we shouldn't. Right. Right. And I remember, you know, even Wow. When we first joined Buffalo Vineyard, it was like, all right, we're going to have a game night at so-and-so everybody's invited or like, and I'm like, I don't ever even met that person. And they're like, come on, come to my house. And I'm like, okay, like, I guess you seem cool. I don't know anything about you. Right. It's like, goes back to that. Like, yeah, it's like an open, it's an open table and sure. Society does build walls and sometimes our own minds build walls, right? Like sometimes it's we're judgmental or we're putting something in our personal, like 
a problem that we have on like putting it on someone else, right? Or saying like, oh, well, they probably jumping to conclusions, I guess is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. You know, like jumping to conclusions about what they are like or what they're um, what they're going through. But at, at the same time, like God is like, just just be with them, right? Yeah. Like just just be let go of those things, let go of those ideas or built up thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And inclusive community is just being together in in life and you know, focusing on our relationship with Christ. It sounds cheesy and it sounds easy, but it's it's not. It's neither of those things. <laughs> I'm like it comes it's coming out so naturally, but at the same time I'm yeah, thinking of through like, oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to be inclusive all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why is it hard? I think it's easy to naturally gravitate towards someone that looks like you or says Why, Why is that easy to do that? Hmm. Well, say it's like they have, they're the same age as you mm. or like I personally, like I gravitate towards other people who are in their younger thirties, uh, or older twenties. Right. Like I'm like, oh, they're a similar life stage. So they know things that I know. Right. Mm -hmm. But it, again, that goes back to that judgment or like projecting something on someone like, oh, they're similar to me because they are also a, a mom of toddlers. Mm. Right. Yeah. Where or and it's easier to say, oh, well, I'm walking down the street and or let's say at Wegmans. Right. Oh, that lady's grabbing broccoli. I wonder what she's cooking. I'm going to grab broccoli, too. Right. Like yeah. it's those things that we see a similarity and we're like, me, too. I want to be involved in that or I that's yeah. how I feel. Um, and it's harder to be like, well, that person in the church pew look doesn't look like me. Their personality is not. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I'm scared to go up to them and say, tell me about yourself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but those are the people like, those are the people that I actually like really want to know. Like God wants me to know. Yeah. Right. That are people that are different. No, I think that's right. that highlight that gets at the, so there's, um, I think you and I are both attracted to community and people. Like I would share some of the ways you described, like just being, oh yeah, I'm like fascinated by people. Have you ever met them? They're amazing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But so I, I definitely have that kind of like positive orientation towards people. I'm an extrovert pretty highly. You are as well. Yes. Um, I don't have to see test results to know that <laughs> you're just high extrovert. Um, and so that's what that means. But that doesn't mean that there isn't also like negative experiences around people or around new people and even like anxiety and fear around it. I mean, actually, interestingly enough, as a kid growing up, I was really shy and so, and I still can be that. I mean, obviously like as a pastor, I've just, I, I don't really have room for that in my life. So I'm not, I don't function as a shy person, but I would actually describe myself as shy and highly extroverted in that I do experience some anxiety around like new relationships or new social settings, which would be that like shy part. But then I also am like deeply driven and gain a ton of positive emotion out of like interactions with other people. Right. Mm. So it's that kind of like weird, but like that points at the fact that as much as you and I both are like, yeah, I want to hang out with people. They're awesome. It's like, yeah, but sometimes they're not. not. And then <laughs> also like in being with people, like I don't just get to like be fascinated by them. I also have to share myself with them and that right. is vulnerable. And, you know, so there's like, there's the flip side of all of that. I don't know how did I where what were we talking about? You you said something that got me off on this. I, I don't know, Steve. Inclusive but this community, is great. getting to know people. 
yeah, finding similarities with people. Like why? Yes. Yeah. So it was like, why? Like why? Yeah. Cause you said something to the effect of like, it's easier to hang out with people like us and it's harder to hang out with people who aren't like us. And that's what I was kind of riffing off of is that like, so that, so hanging out with people like us and building community with people like us and avoiding hanging out with people who are different than us. I think it's a, it's a natural human strategy for like minimizing and mitigating some of the negative effects that come from being in relationships with people. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk more about that then you're shaking. You're like, yes. yeah. Shaking well, so one thing, well, when you were just talking, like we're both very extroverted people mm-hmm. and naturally I was like, well, you know, introverts that are listening to this that are like, Oh my gosh, Amanda terrifies me. Like I would never go up to someone like a stranger in Wegmans and be like, oh yeah, I really want to know what they're making with that broccoli. Like that seems terrifying. So uh, I think when you were talking about that, I was just like, oh, the they're introverts not gonna, that are like, they're going to, oh they're going to avoid the broccoli aisle. If they see oh, like, Amanda, 100%. don't come up and talk to me in the store. Right. Or, or at church, right? Like right. when I go up to someone that's like, I've never seen before or, you know, like I, <laughs> Like Mark will nudge and be like, just, just don't, just don't. Like, or he, yeah, you could see like my husband, like cringing, like, oh gosh, here she goes. Like going to go talk to that person who definitely doesn't want to be talked to, you know? But, um, yeah, like, so I'm shaking my head cause I, I, I don't know what it's like to be that introverted, but that is what it, I want to know what's at their heart too, or like they're yeah. different than me, but at the same time, when you were talking about vulnerability and being in community is, is a two way street, right? Like I'm really good at going after the person that's not talking, but I'm not very good at opening my heart. Like Uh I will ask all the questions and tell me about yourself and, um, helping them feel welcome. Like I love to be hospitable. I love to hope, like I hopefully am good at like bringing people in and making people feel loved and welcomed and, and accepted. Yeah. But in, intrinsically, I don't share my life story. I just ask them about theirs. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think that I'm shaking my head because I'm like, oh yeah, like that gets to a really good point about inclusive community is some people are really good at welcoming people in. And then some people are really good at getting to know people. And I think that that's such a, a big part of community is, is like you need people who are different than ourselves. If we're all extroverts, oh my goodness, we would drive each other nuts. And if we were all introverts, like, I don't even know what would happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's like, right. Or like, how, how are you an inclusive community if you're all the same thing? And so that's why I think I was shaking my head being like, Oh, we're both extroverts. Like, but man, the introverts that I know are, are so deep and so in tune with themselves where I'm just out there talking to people about broccoli. (laughs) They're like, getting to know people's hearts, you know? And I'm like, man, I need more of that in my life. And so I feel like, especially in our community, like we're so, everybody's so different. And, you know, some people say like, I'm an extroverted, extroverted introvert, or I'm an introverted extrovert, right? It's like, Mm. I am just a hundred percent extrovert. Like, so am I. Yes. So it's like, but so like the people who are a hundred percent introverts, like I want to be around, but I probably drive them nuts, you know, at the same time. But it's like, we drive each other nuts, but we also challenge each other and a in a good way. So it's like, well, if, if it's extroverts, extroverts, extroverts versus introverts, 
what other opposites that we have in our yeah. church that church or in our neighborhoods yeah. or in our schools yeah. or in our workplaces that like, man, if we just bonded together, like imagine all the stuff we could get done. <laughs> imagine yeah. all the, the people's lives that we could change. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So there's that. So now you're talking about inclusive community. Yeah. So I guess like that's at the heart of that, right? right. Is like, man, if we're all the same, we can't, how yeah. are we, how are we furthering God's kingdom? If we're all just out there trying to bring people into the church, what happens now when you're in church, right? Yeah. And so we're all uniquely gifted. And I think that that, yeah, that's getting at the heart. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think one of the things that, um, and maybe this will, I, I would have thought we would have touched on scripture well before now, but we're having fun talking. It's all right. <laughs> so I do, important I too. do, yeah, I do want to ask about scripture, but yeah. Like one of the things that I was also thinking about when it comes to this value for inclusive community is there's difference in terms of like, you know, people have different ethnicities, different cultures, different, um, different politics, different, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, well, so you have different sets of values, different temperaments. You know, we were talking about Mm -hmm. extroversion, introversion. So there's all of these differences, but there's also like, I think other aspects of this value for inclusive community and maybe this is where like our, our values of church for justice ministry kind of like intersects with a value for inclusive community in that like different individuals and different groups of people have also had different experiences in life. Some people have had great experiences. Other people have had horrible experiences and even, you know, so like we've gone through a couple of years of pretty intense conversation in our country about race right. and politics and justice. And so there's like, you know, just kind of like this historical I almost use the word animosity. That's not the right word, but like there's a history of pain and injustice connected to race in our country or not just in our country, in the world. Um, And so to talk about inclusive community is also to talk about how we engage with that, but that's not unique to like 21st century America. Like that's on the pages of scripture too, right? So like Jew Mm -hmm. and Gentile and like Roman and Greek and all like, like there's all sorts of like like animosity and painful history and injustice that is also connected to that. And again, like as much as we're called to be inclusive in the sense that we're like, oh, that person has a different personality or that person has a different culture and I should go figure out how to be friends with them. There's also the call to, man, like I'm a part of a group or at least society says I'm a part of a group and society says that other person's part of a different group and society says that we're supposed to hate each other because of these groups or we're supposed to not trust each other because of these group identities. But as somebody who follows Christ, I actually think that I'm supposed to be in relationship with that person and that's complicated and that might require some hard conversations or some, you know, coming to terms with some difficult truths about who I am or who they are or, yeah, I don't know. So what, right. like, I don't know if you have anything to, to add to that. Yeah. Than, I mean, like, look at how Jesus formed his 12 disciples. Like, yeah. Man, like Jesus is like, oh, I know how to do this. This is great. <laughs> like, oh, let's picture these 12 guys like, yeah. you know, in the same room. And yeah. And thinking like, oh, like, I don't know the 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 initial conversations that they must have had or like that initial like what you said, like tension or animosity or whatever word we want to use of like, oh, gosh, like that guy, like we have to further the kingdom with that guy. Like I I want to hang out with Jesus, but. I don't know, you know, so, so I get feel specific like, about that example, right? Cause these are all Jewish men. So what, right. it's like, Oh, why, okay. We're Jewish men. We, so why know. wouldn't, why wouldn't all 12 of them just be best friends? What are the differences <laughs> that you're pointing at? Yeah. I mean like even class, right? Okay. Like you've got a tax collector, you've got people who 
her coming straight from the street. I don't know. Like it, I I'm saying that in a very like 21st century way, but, mm-hmm. and then Jesus is like, yeah, let's go further the kingdom together. Let's go, let's go talk about the miracle. Like let's go perform miracles. Like let's do this together. And yeah. I, I wonder, you know, I wish the Bible would have put, you know, Oh, well then so-and-so rolled his eyes or so, you know, like <laughs> that's what I want to know. Like I want to know the drama um, that happened. Right. And, yeah. but that's what, yeah, I think that those are fun little contextual things that maybe I throw in when yeah. I read scripture of like, Oh, I wonder what would have happened there. Or I wonder, yeah. you know, who crossed their arms being like, Oh Jesus doing right. this again, you know? But I think Simon yeah. the zealot was fingering his sword when, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> when, Matthew, the tax collector, was invited to join the team. Right, right. He's yeah. like, oh, or like, couldn't you have picked Joe Schmo? Joe Schmo? Like, did you have to pick Matthew? You know, or mm-hmm. like, it. But at the same time, it goes back to the root of like, well, we're gonna trust you, Jesus. Right. Like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And and I think that's that's something so powerful that I feel like you know most of us. I can I can speak from my experience, like. Jesus, I feel like divinely calls me to speak to specific people mm. and, or maybe it's pulling on a heartstring of like, oh, I, I really need to call my grandma. I haven't talked to her in a while mm. or, oh, I, so-and-so's birthday's today. I should reach out to them. Like, I think some of those things are divinely calling, like reaching back out to people, even though you haven't talked to them in a while or mm. whatever that looks like, like that's building community. That mm. is that's, you know, that's listening to God. And I feel like in that, in, in the formation of the 12 disciples, like that's what Jesus did. And that's what the disciples did. They said, okay. Yeah. Like they, they could have rolled their eyes, but we don't know that historically speaking. I like um, to think at least one of them did at least once. I mean, I hope so. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> makes it a little bit more relatable, but no, I, I do. I think that it's, it's cool to think about, you know, they just said, okay. Yeah. They said, okay. And then they built relationships. And sometimes there was tension. Sometimes there was that animosity. Sometimes that was like, well, don't necessarily agree with that. But Jesus like, okay, like I'm going to follow you. So you earlier, you you pointed at the story of Zacchaeus as a story of yeah. inclusive community. Talk more about that. Like tell the story in a way that highlights the the value for inclusive community. Yeah. I mean, Zacchaeus was kind of like a, like an outsider and mm. he- Why? He just, he looked different. Mm. He acted different. He wasn't like, again, it was the same cultural aspect, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, just because we're both white doesn't mean that we have all the same, like the same culture, right? Right. The same political beliefs. Right. And so, you know, in that, in that regard, and, and Zacchaeus was just desperate for community. He was desperate for some, he was desperate for Jesus. Right. And, and people were like, ah, he, he has no business being with Jesus. Like, they're so different, right? And we're projecting, going back to like the projecting and that judgment of like, they don't need that. And and Zacchaeus was saying, you know, all I want is Jesus. And and I think that that's so important to pointing back of, pointing back at like, what is the root of our community? What is yeah. the root of why we're doing the things that we're doing? And um, yeah, I did a very bad, I don't think I did a great job explaining that, but but you said in my terms and like what I'm yeah. thinking and like going back to the eye rolling and the desperation of like yeah. how I'm interpreting the Bible. But um, what would you say? <laughs> like, yeah, like what's no, your think, perspective on that? I mean, that? I, I think it's a really cool story yeah. that often just gets told from the perspective of, you know, Zacchaeus wanted Jesus and Jesus responded to his desire by mm-hmm. coming to his house. And I think that's at, at its most basic reading, 
That's what the story is about. But also to your point, Zacchaeus would have been a real outsider. And not only was he an outsider, but he was an outsider who chose to make himself an outsider by exploiting his relationship with his people to make himself rich. Right. And so he would have been not just an outsider, but a despised outsider because he could have been an insider and he took advantage of that. And so it's a great point. Right. Like he, he was somebody who like took all of the trade secrets and sold them for money. So like he would have been hated. So that's the reason why he didn't feel like he could come get close to Jesus. Maybe because he didn't think Jesus would accept him, but probably more likely because he was worried the crowd would turn on him. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. So he's like hiding he's out like in a tree, in try, right? But then he's like get, still desperate. Like, right. but then Jesus responds with, "I'm coming over. I'm coming over. Parties let's, in let's your hang, house. Yeah, let's hang out and bring some people with us. You right. know, and like that is so. Yeah, that's a great point of saying like, and he kind of did it to himself. Right. And Jesus was like. Let's put that aside. Like that's, that's history. We're having a party. Right. You know, and I think that that's, it's worth celebrating. Sometimes, sometimes we do things in our life that purposefully exclude us. Right. right? And bringing us back into that inclusive, inclusive, I'm going right back to like the inclusivity, but it is, you know, and like Jesus, like just breaks that wall down. Like what you talked about, those societal barriers, like sometimes we build our own walls. Right. And like Jesus just smashes them and it's like, forget it. We're coming to party. Well, and I think that gets at to like some of just the practical application in, in that story. Maybe I'm stealing your thunder, but I'll share it anyway. Oh, go Uh, for it. (laughs) I think it gets at the practicality. So, so first of all, Jesus is aware of those barriers, right? And so it begs the question, are we even paying attention? Like, are we aware of where those barriers exist? And I'm sure everybody knows it's like, oh yeah, race, class, gender, like some of those are are pretty obvious, but um, you know, politics, but like, there's other barriers that maybe we're not as aware of. And then even though we might be aware of those barriers in theory, it's like, are you aware of them in practice? Right. Are you aware of like one of the things that I notice all the time as, um, you know, as a pastor in any kind of like social events that we have as a church, I'm always looking and seeing, man, nobody's talking to that person. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking to that person. Nobody's talking to that person. They must feel so unwelcome. Oh my gosh. Right. Like I'm, painfully aware of that. Um, and that, you know, there's both good and bad reasons why that's true for me, but, but like <laughs> right. Jesus is aware of that, right? It's mm-hmm. like, there is a barrier between that person in the community or between this person and me or that, that person and that person. So he's aware of that. And then the second kind of practical application is when Jesus is aware that there's a barrier, he just kicks it down. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, that Oh, is, oh, there's a wall. Let's mm-hmm. kick that over. So I feel like that, That's like this, like when, when you're talking about, okay, so if we're going to value inclusive community, what are we going to do? To me, that story seems to highlight two really practical ways that we can engage. I don't know. What do you, right? Yeah. I was going to say, I was just going to say that I, that is a great, that's a great illustration because for some of us, it's really natural to say like, oh, oh my goodness. Like it's painful, but it's natural to say, oh my goodness, no one's talking to that one person or whatever. But I feel like a lot of times it's just a choice. It's a Mm. choice before we get into that, that party or that gathering of saying like, all right, God, I'm going to, I'm going to look out for, for the outsider. Like I am going to be there. And, and sometimes that's a really hard choice. And sometimes that's a really easy choice for, for us extroverts. It's probably a lot easier to say, oh, I'm going over there and talking to that person. Like, that's my goal tonight. Like, that's what Jesus has 
called me to do right now. Right. And mm. other people that's, it's a painful experience to go introduce themselves to some people. But I do feel like as Jesus's people, regardless if it's hard or if it's easy, right. It's what we're told to do. You know, yeah. like if somebody looks like they're excluded, that's what we're supposed to do as Christians is invite them in. And, yeah. and, you know, and I'm not going to say like, it's easy for everyone. Right. Right. Just because that part of Christianity is easy for me. <laughs> I'll go back to saying, yeah, opening my own heart and sharing my own experiences with people is really hard. Mm, yeah. Like I am so curious to hear about other people. Like I'm so curious to talk to the outsider or whatever, but I don't let anyone else in. So is that, am I the outsider in that way? Right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Talking with you now, I'm like, wow. Like yeah. there are times where I put myself on the outside, like Zacchaeus does yeah. like not, I don't think to that extreme, but you know, there are all times where we're outsiders in certain circumstances, whether that's going to someone's birthday party that, you know, no one at, or you mm. look different than them or you're a different social, you know, social class or economic, you know, it, there's so many differences that we can point at, but as God's people, like we need to look out for the outsider. And if we are the outsider, you know, inviting people into our own lives. Yeah. So I say that again, I feel like it's easy to say hard to do, right. but you know, going back to that, I think that it it's, we have to be number one, be aware. And number two, act on that. Yeah. So, you know, awareness is only the first part of the battle. Once you're right. aware of it and you ignore it, that's like, you're Man. being like, God, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that next time. Next time. Thanks for all. Yeah. Like, thanks for showing me that. I'm just gonna turn my eye, which I am very, you know, I'm not going to say I've listened to God a hundred percent of the time. Like there are times where I'm like, I don't know. I'm really tired. I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm feeling lazy. I've got my own things to worry about. Yeah. And, for sure. and God's like, hello, you're, you say you want to build my kingdom. This is the open door for you. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> mm. So yeah. Uh. Well, are there other passages of scripture that you would point at? I I think that uh, going back to, yeah, to the question, like other points of scripture, I'm like, there's just so many. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I struggle with that question because it's everywhere. It's everywhere it, in our Bible. Like God wants us to be inclusive and, you know, and, and wants us to, to be welcoming the outsider and all that. So you know, I, I can go back to, you know, why the vineyards, like why we picked this is like mm -hmm. Ephesians two. I know we talked about it and I'd love for you to shed some light on that, but, um, you know, Ephesians two is, is all about this value and how we came up with this value as a church. So I don't know if you want to read yeah. Ephesians two. Okay. I I'll was like, it up I see. And I'll read it. Yeah. Cause I was like, I know we talked about that a little bit and I think that that's really important. Uh, so this is, uh, Ephesians two verse 13. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. 
And I probably should have read a little bit earlier too, because it makes it clearer that the the two groups that he's talking about are Jews and Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So these two different ethnic groups are really in one sense, it's like one ethnic group and everybody else. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else. <laughs> so, yeah. Why, why did you want me to read that passage? What about that is? Yeah, I think it, I think it points back to what we were talking about. Like, a lot of times we know that wall, mm-hmm. we know that societal bar- barrier. And you said earlier, like Jesus just kicks it down. Like he's like, oh, <laughs> knock that down. And it's exactly what it points at, right? Is, is, you know, we were, we're two humanities, right? Like, and, and Jesus said, hey, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to create a new humanity. How powerful is it to say like, oh, humans are so cool, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to casually create a whole new humanity right. through this P and, and bring peace. And it's kind of, I don't know. It makes me be like, Jesus, do you want to, you want to do that again? Cause right now I feel like there's like thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of different humanities. And you know, it's so hard to see peace sometimes it's so hard, especially with, you know, news and media and social media and opinions, right. our opinions are so much more blasted now. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. And it, it, I feel like Ephesians two brings a lot of hope. Like yeah. I've created a new humanity. Why aren't we tapping into that? Like God created us for, for peace. Right. Right. And in that moment and in Ephesians two, it's like, we, like I, I created you guys to be together. Why are you, why are you separating yourselves? Why are you going back to your roots? Right. And, yeah. and to me, that just points at, Cause we need, we need Jesus. We need to surrender yeah. and we're, we're also stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us more stubborn than others, but Jesus is saying like, I, I died for you. Like yeah. I died for you to be in peaceful community. Yeah. I, I guess like that's my interpretation of Ephesians yeah. 2, right? Like, you know, we, we talk about like, Oh, Christ died for me, but like he died for us and he right. died for us to be together. At yeah. least that's my interpretation. And if we're not together, then how are we furthering God? Like, how are we furthering the kingdom? How are we furthering peace? We're not. Unless we ultimately go back to the, like his ultimate sacrifice. And it's really powerful. I wrote, I just wrote down, you know, we both have access. Like, he's like, I did this so that you both would have access, but both that was that was that means two, right? Mm-hmm. Two means both, or both means two. You guys, you know what I'm saying. Yep. Um, but he died so that we would all be one. Yeah. So all of us would have access, not both. Like both yeah. was pre yeah, right. Jesus dying for us, right? Yeah. He died for us so that we all together would have access. And um, yep. Yeah, it probably hurts his heart seeing yeah. the thousands and thousands of different little human. I'm saying humanities, right? Going back to the scripture, but. Um, you know, the purpose was to create one humanity together. So ultimately going back to, you know, what we're trying, what we're striving for. Right. The value for inclusive community, it seems like it's not just a, like, Hey, this is a good idea. You should do this. It's more like a, Hey, if you believe the gospel, you will do this. Mm -hmm. At least that's what this passage and what I was hearing you saying as you were responding to it. It's like, no, th- this idea of inclusive community is actually rooted in and predicated upon the idea that Jesus died for our sins, you know, not my sins, but our sins, mm-hmm. and that the work that Jesus has done on the cross is work for all of us, not work for me. And if that is true, if that's actually what the gospel says, then that means this idea of inclusive community, this value for it, this practice of it, 
it's not a, an incidental extra, you know, it's not garnish on the plate. It's part of the main course. Right. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I do, I think that, you know, it, it's not, it's not an option. Like I like how you said that it's, it's, it's a mandatory requirement if you want to put it in like fancy terms, right? It's, it's required of us and, and God told us to do it and we need to listen. And it looks different for some of us, right? Like for, Mm. for me, it might be interview style questions as soon as I meet someone. Right. And for somebody else, what's your it might name? Just, what's yeah. your middle name? What's yeah, your what's social your... security number? <laughs> okay. I don't go as far as social, but maybe, maybe some family history, you know, yeah. like <laughs> throwing in what there. What is your deepest, darkest secret? <laughs> hey, I might've, I've done but, that. Yeah. I was like, I've definitely done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other people are listening to this. Like, Oh my gosh, Stephen, Amanda, <laughs> just like, right. avoid them. No, but yes. you know, so I think that that'll look different. Right. But at, at the core, like we're all, we're all doing this together yeah. and God created and like, it sounds cheesy, but he created us all uniquely to, to listen or to talk with other people that are different than us. Right. Like it's yeah. so important to, to point at, you know, Hey, they're different than me, but at the core, Jesus died for them too. And Jesus died yeah. for me and Jesus died for all of us. We should all be working together to, yeah. to further the kingdom and to like bring peace, like going back to that word of peace. Um, so yeah. in uh, you may or may not feel comfortable answering this question but if if the Buffalo Vineyard Church was just absolutely rocking it like hitting it out of the park when it comes to inclusive community right like to the point where like hey we're we're throwing parties we're writing books and like selling tickets to the conference to teach the world how to do this right let's like we we are the experts <laughs> right what would that look like I don't, I don't mean the conference part. I'm just being silly about that. But I mean, like if we really were <laughs> yeah. just like, man, th- like, wow, can you believe how well we do inclusive community? What would that look like in your imagination? You know, how would, how would you be able to say, see, look, this is, this is how you can see inclusive community on display. Look at this, look at that, look at this. What would you be pointing at? Yeah. I, I think that in- inclusive community really boils down to, to small groups. Mm. I think that being a part of a smaller community that meets on a regular basis, that's not like what we call corporate worship on Sundays, but Mm. doing life together and talking about life Mm. and talking about what we're going through and talking about how God is in that is so incredibly powerful. And, um, somebody's wrestling, like, I don't, I'm not a part of a small group or it doesn't work for my schedule or all of those things, like to, to find a group of people that you can regularly be encountering God mm. in your life. And somebody could be speaking into that saying, Hey, God's there in that. Yeah. Like if, if we were a hundred percent, like what you said, like rocking it, it's not the conference of saying like, <laughs> again, not, not, you know, saying anything bad about churches that hold conferences or something. Right. right. But like, it's the behind the scenes work mm. that's inclusive that's inclusive community. It's yeah. not, I, I would honestly say like what you said about like, Oh, we're publishing books and all that. Like that's not <laughs> inclusive community at all. In my opinion, like that's like the opposite. Not again, not, not saying that, but it's the, it's the dirty work in the background. It's right. the, the Tuesday late night Bible study that's meeting in the basement of the church. That's yeah. crying together because you know, someone's going through something hard and then someone's able to say, Hey, but God is there in that. Yeah. Right. And, And there's powerful things that happen in small groups where, you know, I've opened my heart and my history up in my small group where 
a lot of other people don't know those things about me. And, and maybe again, it goes back to that root of I'm really eager to talk to someone, but not about myself. Like that small group environment provides that opportunity and that, that time to just be intentionally together to say God's there in that. Or, yeah. or let's invite God into that. Cause I know, I know right now you're going through that trying time and you, you don't see God, but yeah. let's invite God into that. And like, and I think that's, that's small group, like that's inclusive community. And when you have multiple small groups every day of the week mm-hmm. meeting and, and doing this together, then you come together on Sunday mornings for worship and you're like, wow, we can all worship together because we know that God is in our everyday lives and yeah. we can see him. And the person in my small group that's sitting 10 rows away from me told me on Wednesday, you know, Wednesday afternoon, God's there. And now I believe like, and now I see it. So I think that that's, that's gets down to the root of what inclusive community is. So I would agree completely, but also would say that that to me actually seems to be a measure of you know, we, we talked about, we, we define inclusive community and we step back and define community. Mm-hmm. And like what I heard you describe really seems to be like community, like that community would mm. be happening, but more specifically like that idea of inclusive community where like there are actual barriers that are being kicked down. What, like, what, what would that look like? How do we know if we're doing that, that part of it? Actually, yeah, this is where we should talk about that, that phrase, awkward pairings, remember? Yes, I was like, I, I was just thinking, I was like, man, I'm thinking back to, I'm looking at my small group, like I'm trying to picture like who's in my yeah. small group. And um, I, so I think one of my favorite things, or so, yeah, so I'll give an example. Um, But I love that in, in our small group, we're different ages. Mm, yeah. We're different ages, we're different ages and stages, right? You've yeah. got moms, you've got single ladies. I, I attend a women's Bible study on Monday mornings. And so you've got single women, you have married women, you have moms, you have moms of student, like moms of kids in school and moms of kids or kids who are actually adults now, like living yeah. their lives. And, and it all, it's so different, but yeah, we can all still relate. And I think yeah. that's super powerful. And, and then, you know, those one-off conversations at the end of small group, that's like, Hey, we should get coffee. And to be a fly on the wall for that coffee conversation of saying, that is so funny that this person and this person are getting coffee. Like, yeah. I wonder what people in the coffee shop think, like, they don't look like each other. Yeah. They don't look like they're in the same stage of life. Like, yeah. oh, they're, this per- they're probably talking about so-and-so and it's not it, you know, yeah. like they're, they're digging into what God has for their lives and for their relationships. And, you know, and, and one thing we were joking about is I love that Vineyard is just a big group of people of awkward pairings like that's the best way to describe it and it makes me laugh but it makes me realize like how how powerful christ is and um so a funny story okay hopefully you like this steve i'm sure i I don't know i'm gonna like brace yourself so when we first started yeah i know (laughs) he's grabbing onto the table uh so when we first joined vineyard and mark and i were like oh my gosh we absolutely love this congregation like this is a church like we've never ever been a part of Mm. uh we realized it's it's because nobody's the same everybody is so different and when our parents came up to visit us in buffalo (laughs) we had this like Mark and I had this like sit down dinner with our parents, like, okay, tomorrow at church, you're going to walk in. Nobody looks the same. Mm. We're all weird. Yeah. And, and, and like, it, like to us, it was like, oh my gosh, I hope they like it. 
they walk in and then just start bawling and they're mm. like, wow, this is like, this is church, right? That's it's cool. not, it is, it's awkward. Mm. It's awkward pairings. Like why, why are these two people talking together? Like why are, and it begs the question of why? Well, yeah. why? Because Christ, right. like we're all there for the same reason. We're all yearning for the same peace that is talked about in Ephesians and mm. like, it's so funny that Mark and I had to like prep them. Like, this is not the church that you put us in. That was like all the same people of all the same socioeconomic status of all the same race. Yeah. And we all lived in the same neighborhood. Like, yes, a lot of people do live on the West side. Right. But we do have people coming from the South towns and South Buffalo and yeah. people who, who are next, like next door to the church. Right. We're all coming together for the same reason. And, the, the community, you know, and, and it's not like we're perfect, right? Like there are things that we're, we still strive to do and that's why it's a value of our church. Right. Yeah, and exactly. And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's hard going back to it. But, um, you know, it, it's funny that, that we were like, okay, this is not a church like you've ever been to mm. before. And it's not, it's crazy and it's weird and it's mm. awkward and like, yeah. but it's powerful. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think between those two things that you pointed at, that for me would be a fantastic, like that's how you know if the church is living out its value for inclusive community. If people are genuinely in relationship with each other where like they're crying together, praying together, mm -hmm. you know, participating in, in community life together. And if you just see lots of awkward pairings, right? Like yes. awkward relationships that are actually genuinely loving each other, right? Where it's like, oh, wow, those people like each other. Why? Yeah, I think that's that's great. So, all right, last question. This will take as much. Oh, wow, it's almost an hour already. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. We, this is fun. This um, is fun. So uh, we talked a little bit about practicalities, but if you were going to give people advice and like how to do this, and I'm sure you would say, well, I don't know that I'm an expert, but to some degree you are like as, and I think as extroverts, like maybe that is part of what we can offer to the church is like, here's some of the ways that we go about like building relationships or engaging with people. And to your point, like there are things that introverts have to offer to the conversation mm -hmm. too. You know what I mean? To say, yeah, but here's how you have real relationship and deep relationship <laughs> instead of superficial relationship. Yep. <laughs> but so to the degree that you feel like either you have some expertise to offer or maybe you don't, but you've seen other people or have heard about, or you read in scripture and you're like, yeah, this is how you do it. This is what you do practically. If you want to, you know, if you want to live this value out and you want to see, you want to see our church become even more of this church of, you know, awkward pairings and deep community. Um, here's how you do it. What would you tell people to do? The first two words that come to mind are get uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Like get uncomfortable for the, the things that are right. Like we're all gifted. Right. But there's also things that God is calling us to that might be uncomfortable. It yeah. might be talking to someone that looks different than you talking to someone that's outside of your age group, talking to someone that's outside of your ethnicity. Maybe it's not even talking. Maybe <laughs> it's, maybe it's like, man, I just really want to hug that person. Or I really want to pray for mm. that person or it, yeah, maybe it's not just talking. I say talking like it's easy because I like to talk as we've noticed through this podcast, but you know, sometimes it's, what is God calling you to that makes you a little uncomfortable? Not yeah. icky. Like there's, there's definitely like the ickiness right. and the, the feeling of discomfort in, in not a holy way, 
But what is God calling you to that's like getting you a little outside of your box, getting you a little outside of your comfort zone? Um, maybe that could be as simple as talking to your neighbor that you always avoid yeah. or, you know, or something that maybe you're like, I don't know. One thing that sometimes I struggle with is, is pride and realizing mm. like, it's not about me. Mm. It's not about me right now. Like, yeah, I'm feeling a little lazy or, or I feel like, oh, I know more about this thing that, you know, I'm talking to somebody about, but like, it's not about me. It's about Christ. It's about our relationship together and like how we're all going to come together, like how we're all should be together peacefully. So like, I want to, to let go of my pride. I want to let go of, you know, and again, it sounds easy. It's really hard sometimes, but what is something that's going to make us uncomfortable? Mm. Is that being humble and doing something for someone else and not getting recognition for it? Is that talking to a stranger? Is that talking to an outsider that's sitting alone at church? Yeah. You know, like some things that make that seem comfortable to you and I, Steve, like could be something super uncomfortable for someone else. And so I think that, you know, as a, as a congregation, you know, praying through what, what can make, what, what is God calling me to that is a little uncomfy. Yeah. Right. And diving into that and saying like, Hey, you know, like even talking to you, like, I'm like, Hmm, that makes me a little uncomfortable, but I should probably do that after we stop recording this podcast. Like those are, you know, it's like, it's more than just saying, Oh, listen to God and do what he says. Like, it's like, hmm, what's, what's at our hearts? What's making us feel a little bit like, yeah. oh gosh, he is really telling me to do this. I need to go after that. I need to do that. So I guess practical advice, I don't really have much. Is no, there, it's like, some, I was like, there's practicality you, you in that, some, but, yeah. but I don't want to, you know, like spoon feed answers and saying like, you need to go talk to the stranger. Like that's really easy for some people. That's yeah. really hard for other people. So it's like, what is something that is, Getting you, getting you a little bit, mm-hmm. pushing you outside of your comfort zone. I don't know. Yeah, no, what are your thoughts great. on that? Uh, I I like everything you said. Um, I think maybe the one thing that I would add, and it's really practical in that it's had really transformative effects on me, and I've seen it have transformative effects on others, is to intentionally put yourself in social situations where you are the outsider. Mm-hmm. And that could be, you know, politics, race, class, what, you know, whatever, you know, (laughs) yeah. One of the most socially awkward moments of my life. I'm excited for this. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously (laughs) weird, man. And I just was reminded of it because, so you guys had the women's lunch and the men or some, some men cooked breakfast Mm -hmm. for you guys. And then, then you were returning the favor men. Well, so I was, I was, uh, like a, in some way, shape or form, I was a part of the leadership team, but I was still kind of like young at, at the church in Reading. So I think I was like doing an internship or something anyway. So I happened to be at the church and they had a woman's tea or whatever it was, you know? Um, and that church was a little bit bigger than ours. Um, and so there was, I don't know, there was like 40 or 50 women in the sanctuary and, um, they they did a foot washing ceremony and so carrie carrie fagan all of my awkward stories that's not true not all plenty of them involve <laughs> carrie though she's like super forward she, she was an amazing woman but she got me into some really awkward situations so she finds me she's like hey i need you to fill this thing up with water and bring it in because it's too heavy for me i was like all right sure and i didn't even think through it right so i literally like walk into the sanctuary <laughs> i'm the only man and there's 500 like sobbing women 
There you go. All that's crying. A, that's and a I was like, and I had to go. like walk right in front, like on the stage. And like, so I just was like, <laughs> I do not belong here. I should not be in this room right now. Like, but man, was the presence of the Holy Spirit there? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was still just kind of like, yeah, it was almost like I'm invading like mm. like I'm I'm like the barbarian in the holy of holies like I don't belong in this place <laughs> right now like there is something special and I am like uh profaning it you know by mm. being being here um yeah anyway but I definitely have had lots of other experience that that one's kind of funny and I actually you know that was more about like my these are all women that I knew so it wasn't you know it shouldn't right. have been as weird as it was but it was weird but I've been in you know uh whether it's you know, like, I don't know, going to a church that has a very different worship style or, you know, mm -hmm. being, being the only person, you know, the only English speaker at a mm -hmm. wedding or, you know what I mean? Like I've had experiences like that, that, you know, you might think, oh, it's, you're, it's an hour, it's an hour and a half, whatever. But like those kinds of experiences, particularly when, you know, I was raised um, in, like I was raised in a rural place where, you know, there weren't, there weren't a lot of those kinds of experiences to be had. There were some, um, but there weren't a lot of those, you know, there was a lot of the same kinds of people around and, you know, I mean, even just like there weren't a ton of class differences or, you know, it was like right, just a lot of monocultural, cultural experiences. And then when I went off to college, it was like, oh, wow, like there's a lot of different kinds of people. And, but that was still oftentimes like, but I'm within the context of, you know, like at least a good chunk of the people are like me and there are, I'm encountering people who are different. Um, but then, you know, again, like had actually some experiences in college. So I was a, a part of a wrestling team where I think there were, there were only three guys on the team who were white, um, mm. out of whatever, like 40 guys. Um, so, you know, like had some experiences like that where it's like, oh, like I'm the outsider. Like I'm not right. the person who fits in in this community and, um, you know, gets to have like the the kind of expectation of what it's like to be, you know, like this is my culture, but you're an outsider, but I'll be generous to you. It's like, nope, now it's the other way around. Like I'm dependent upon the generosity of the people who who are the insiders in this culture. And, you know, again, whether you're talking about gender or race or politics or class or language or whatever it is, you know, religion or even, you know, just worship style. Like when you have those kinds of experiences, they end up being eye opening. Yeah. I was gonna say that, that brings me, that reminds me of a time. Um, many people in the church know this, but before, before we got to Buffalo and before Mark and I got married, um, I was a, I was a missionary in Mexico city mm. And so I, after college graduated and, you know, I thought that my life was, I wanted to be a overseas missionary. Right. And that's what I prayed through. That's what, that's how I felt what my calling was. And then, you know, and then, um, yeah, so I, I moved to Mexico city. I packed my things and I left the States for eight months and, um, and talking about, right. Like yeah. you're, you're the outsider. Right. And, and, man, to put myself in the, that situation was a really beautiful thing. Like God called me outside of myself to serve him. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, I was a Spanish minor. That does not mean I was fluent in Spanish at all. Hablas español? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> right, no, <laughs> no, it's to both yeah. languages. So there you go. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I, I went to Mexico city and, and, um, part of the immersion experience was living with a host family. That's and awesome, so, yeah. yeah so what better way to be an outsider than live 
in a community, right. live in a neighborhood, and live with a Mexican family. And so, so there was no escape. You were an outsider 24-7. Absolutely. And then yeah. the only time I tried to escape was through Skype, and Skype never worked. So <laughs> Is there a McDonald's? Was... Can I go have some McDonald's? <laughs> there was not any McDonald's nearby. <laughs> I mean, there were definitely McDonald's, but you know what I mean. So, right. And I grew up in the suburbs and being right in the smack dab of Mexico City, which is one of the largest cities right. in the world, um, was quite, it was a culture shock. Right. It was a language shock. And and they looked to me to being this Christian expert because I was a mission. I was a missionary, right? Like I was coming out. I'm like, I'm only 22. I don't, you know, like I'm trying to preach the gospel, but I'm doing it in English and I'm having an interpreter and all the things. And so I was an outsider, but an insider at yeah. the same time. Like they were asking me really deep philosophical questions about mm. Christ that I, I couldn't answer. Right. I couldn't answer in Spanish, more or less in English. Right. And. Um, but at that same time, it's like, wow, living with a family that that welcomed me no matter yeah. what I was dealing with, no matter what I was going through, no matter what language I spoke or what belief system I had. That's cool. Yeah, right. And and it was I really credit the the organization I went with because they they asked you your background. They asked you, you know, like your denomination and whatever, but they purposely put you in a different denomination. Mm -hmm. So not only was I not able to speak the language, really, I was like, well, this is not how my normal church service goes. These people are crazy. <laughs> this is not my normal worship service. And then they would bring us together every Tuesday. All the missionaries that were a part of this organization in Mexico City, they would bring us together on Tuesday days is like a debrief prayer um type and and so someone would say oh my gosh my church it was wild there were people falling all over and crying and then like you know somebody else would be like well I was falling asleep in my service because it was so you know like boring and it was so cool because yeah the, they were purposely pulled out of their normal right. no that's awesome and so we all got to come together and say like wow like that's God like yep. that is that's God and like we had to credit <laughs> Yeah. the Holy Spirit for helping us through those like awkward pairings. And those so God awkward is when you fall asleep in church like, and God I mean, is when you're scared of the Pentecostal next yeah, to you. Yes, absolutely. And that's awkward pairings, right? Like that's <laughs> pulling ourselves out of, that is intentionally saying, I am going to get uncomfortable for yeah. you, God. Like I'm going to try my hardest to like be weird and or be with weird people. Maybe yeah. that's because God's like, that's, that's not weird. <laughs> that's like, those are, yeah. those are the people that I created. Like that's humanity. That's the one humanity, right. That I brought us all together for. Um, but to us, we see it as weird or awkward. And I think that like, that goes back to like, I mean, not that everybody has to ship themselves off to Mexico city right. or, or something like that. But <laughs> when you were talking about like the wrestling team and like different cultures and stuff, I was like, man, yeah. Like that was really hard. It was more than uncomfortable. It was more than awkward. But like, has how much those those experiences have enriched my relationship with Christ have been so powerful. Yep. And so, and that was uncomfortable for me. And so, you know, now looking back ten years later, what am I doing now to be uncomfortable? Yep. You know, and and it's like a, I feel like I'm talking to myself in that of like, hey, I got to get a little bit more uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, yeah, it was a cool experience. That's awesome. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap our conversation. What do you think? Sure. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. All right. 242 is a podcast from Buffalo Vineyard Church in Buffalo, New York. Our mission is to teach people the way of King Jesus by regularly encountering God, training each other in the faith, and effectively serving our neighbors. This podcast is just one of the many ways we work to realize this. 
If you'd like to learn more about who we are or get in touch, visit us at buffalovineyard.org. Our theme music is Face to Face from Vineyard Worship. Thank you for listening.